What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. In today's episode, I want to talk about Gary Trent Jr. playing without a contract extension, Rodney Hood missing Friday's preseason game, and one thing I'm excited about as the Blazers are set to take the floor. That's what we're going to do. If you are new to Locked on Blazers, welcome. We do things here in three parts. We try to keep it quick. Coming at you at least thrice a week with the news you need to know. And I guess we use collective pronouns, the the royal we. Yeah, but it's just me tonight. I know uh, some of you have listened to the most recent podcast. uh, I said Nate Duncan was going to be on here. Nate Duncan's coming. Not tonight. Scheduling issue, but uh, we'll, we'll have him on in the future. Apologies if you were hoping to hear the uh, the rich, dulcet tones of Mr. Duncan, but he's coming on in a couple weeks. We got it straightened out. Don't worry. All right, let's get into the Gary Trent Jr. news. According to friend of the show, Jason Quick of The Athletic, Gary Trent Jr. is going to play this season without a contract extension. Gary Trent Jr. was eligible for a maximum contract extension of four years 53 million he's not a first round pick so he doesn't he doesn't have the exact same rules as um that first round rookies would fall under he was a second round pick but typically the blazers they have not in neil's uh time neil o'shea's time uh, done contract extensions during the season they really haven't done them prior to the season except with guys who are rookie extension eligible other than damian Lode and cj mccollum so i don't think this is a big surprise but it the deadline is a passing is what I'm trying to say for Gary Trent Jr. He could still, this could still get done, even though it sounds like he is not going to. Uh, according to Quick, Gary Trent said that he intends to play this season out and become a restricted free agent rather than negotiate a contract extension. It's neither a surprise nor a particularly big deal. The largest contract extension that Gary Trent Jr. was eligible for was four years, $53 million. He recently changed his uh, representation to Clutch Sports uh, run by Rich Paul, friend of LeBron James, run by LeBron James, friend of Rich Paul. But it's you change your representation heading into a contract year because you want to get paid. And my read on the Gary Trent Jr. situation is that he believes and Clutch believes, and probably rightfully so, that four years and $50 million is about his minimum when he hits the uh, open market next offseason, next summer. So he'll, if by turning it down now, he's probably not going to cost himself any money. He looked like a starting caliber two guard in the bubble. I mean, he looked better than that, honestly, in the Orlando bubble. But from about January on, basically his 21st birthday on last year, he was, he looked like a really, really good basketball player. And he is going to get paid like one. He just doesn't want to lock himself into um, a long-term deal with the Blazers in case he really overachieves and is wor- and is just worth could be worth more money on the open market. It, this has this does not have any specific bearing on his future with the Blazers. Uh, it would have been nice from a team perspective to give him four years and fifty million dollars and say, you know, we're going to pay you frontline starter money in the league is like probably just shy of $20 million. So to get a a really quality bench guy, like a starting caliber guy that's going to come off the bench for you and play big minutes. I think Gary Trent Jr. is in line for like 25, 30 minutes a night this year. But get him in the, you know, sort of 12 to $14 million range, that'd be a really good deal for the team. 
but it's not going to happen. They're not going to get that team-friendly contract. They might. They might. They're just not going to get it right now. And I guess the reasoning that many thought Gary Trent Jr. would sign that contract is because there's there's value in him having the money locked up, the, mon- the money locked in. You sign it now, you got $50 million. It's coming to you. The contracts in the NBA are guaranteed. You don't have to worry about it. It's that long-term security that that everyone is... Um, Hell, we're all craving in all in all of our lines of work, but certainly um, you know, guys who are second round picks, NBA players in general. It's that it's the financial security and security of of knowing that you're going to be in the league for um, extended period of time. Trent Jr. doesn't have to worry about that. He's not dropping out of the league or anything like that. And like I said, I I my read on this is that Clutch and the and the Trent Jr. camp, the Trent camp, think that four for fifty, four for fifty three is about his baseline. And so when they hit free agency in July, he will um, have that on the table, if not much more money. And the much more money is important because the Blazers this year are aggressively staying below the tax line. They won't be able to do that really moving forward as the uh, extensions continue to tick up for. Uh, the money ticks up for Damian Lode and, and CJ McCollum on their contracts, but the Blazers will have the opportunity to match any offer that Gary Trent Jr. receives on the open market, and they'll have his bird rights so they'll be able to go over the salary cap to sign him. If the Blazers want Gary Trent Jr. on the team, they can pay to do so. Him declining this now is his own. It's a move that's Gary betting on himself. And I think more, maybe more than just betting on himself, knowing the market, uh, even in what appears to be a relatively rich shooting guard market next year, relatively thick shooting guard market next year, Gary Trent Jr. is young and he's and he's really good. He was fantastic in the bubble. Someone is going to say this dude could start for us. But if the Blazers, even if they don't see him as a starter because CJ McCollum's entrenched there, but if the Blazers, after three years of Gary Trent Jr. and this full year when when me and probably you, dear listener, expecting him to take a real step forward into being a consistently excellent player, the type of player we saw him be in the bubble, but over, you know, maybe he won't shoot 50% from three on eight attempts per game, but a really quality above average outside shooter and a dogged defender who can, who can really get after guards. If he's that and the Blazers want him involved, the way the financial rules work, they can pay whatever it takes to essentially whatever it takes to have him back on the roster next year. This decision, his decision to not not negotiate a contract extension now is probably better for him because he can make more money and it doesn't have an impact on the on the team. The Blazers could attempt to lock up Gary Trent Jr. now. I'm not under the impression that they even got to the negotiation table. I think that just was, hey, we don't want to do it. Cool. No reason to talk. Even when Nurk was uh, extension eligible, they never spoke with Nurk's uh, representation at the time they just kept it moving they said great um you're we want you as part of the team and we'll talk when the offseason comes and i and i presume that that is the exact same approach they're taking with gary trent jr neil loves his guys and gary trent jr is one of his guys a guy he traded two second round picks to go up and get and then and then gave him paid him basically like a uh first round pick gave him more money than his second round slot would have um would have dictated otherwise. So the Blazers have liked, you know, Gary Trent Jr. since he was a teenager. They're going to have three full seasons with him on the roster. And today's, his decision or his, like, making this decision public today has no bearing on his future. It probably means he's going to make a little more money. And quite frankly, if you're a fan of Gary Trent Jr., you should be a fan of Gary Trent Jr. making more money. All right, 
Second segment, I want to come back and talk about Rodney Hood. We got a little update on his status. So that's what we'll do in the second segment. We'll give an update on what's the deal with Rodney Hood as the Blazers approach their first preseason game on Friday. All right. If you listen to this late on Thursday or Friday morning, we're coming up on Mailbag Monday next week. It's the weekly mailbag show I record each Monday. Off-season, regular season, post-season, whatever season, we have a weekly mailbag show. There's two ways to get involved. Tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich, or email the show, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Just shoot me a question, I'll get you in the show. All right, in the first segment, we talked about Gary Trent Jr. He's not going to get his rookie. Uh, he's going to play the season without negotiating contract extension. Good for him. It has no impact on the Blazers' ability to keep him if they want him they can and Gary Trent Jr.'s betting on himself that he's going to earn a bigger bag and quite frankly I bet he will but that's enough talk about the future let's talk about now like today today in his media availability Terry Stotts told Portland Assembled Media I guess now that it's on Zoom all Assembled Media those on the those in the video conference that Rodney Hood's not going to play on Friday the Blazers opened their preseason schedule Friday in a nationally televised game against the Sacramento Kings. It was going to be our first chance to see Rodney Hood return to the basketball court a little over a year after sustaining an Achilles injury. But Hood, who hadn't played 5-on-5 five five until earlier this week, is just not where he wants to be physically, and the Blazers and Hood both think it's better that he sits out. I don't think this is a huge deal. Uh, if you listen to the podcast earlier this week, which you should, you get the news before it gets to be its own segment. But I mentioned in, in a brief segment just kind of what we learned this week at practice was that Rodney Hood did indeed return to his first 5-on-5 five five a, a year removed from that Achilles injury and that uh, Terry Stott said that he looked like completely gassed. He's kind of just, um, as it turns out, a year away from playing against NBA players is a long time off. And that Rodney just, uh, it, you know, his, maybe it's more than cardiovascular stuff. Like, you know, and Terry's using the word gassed, so you want, you want to think it's just like his, um, his wind or whatever. But it's, it's probably the whole, it's probably his whole body. You know, it's probably just, um, he's, he's just, you're just physically not there yet. So I think this precaution is the right move by the Blazers. There is no reason that um, Hood needs to play in four preseason games in order to prove that he's ready. He'll get a bunch of five-on-five practice time. Uh, they He's going to start the season on a minutes restriction. He said at least the first couple games. And judging by sort of what this first week back has been, I would say maybe a little bit longer. I could I could even see, you know, 10 or 15 games where Hood um, is, is on a minutes restriction. I also pointed out in the last podcast, and I'll remind it here, he might end up on a minutes restriction that's like 25 minutes, but he might only play 18 minutes a night, so we won't know the difference. But um, in any case, it's the right move. If Hood is does not feel ready or is not, um, he's not sort of ready to be back. There's no, there's no reason to rest him out there. The, the preseason doesn't have enough value. He can like the cost of losing one preseason game isn't enough to sort of risk the long term health or even just risk sort of like feeling uncomfortable. Uh, you want him to return from an, an injury as serious as an Achilles. You want Hood to feel comfortable. Uh, the Blazers played the Kings again on Sunday, So and, and Stott said that he thinks it's pretty likely that Hood will be available for that game on Sunday. Um, 
in all the, in in both of these games, Terry Stotts said that he plans to play guys 20 to 25 minutes at the max. No one's going to play more than half the game. But the Blazers only have 11 bodies now for Friday's game against the Kings, so someone might end up seeing a little bit more than that just because of um, how math works. But it won't be Rodney Hood. I really only bring this up because it's like it's it's news to know you know you're heading into you know the first time you're going to see these this iteration of the Blazers and they only have 11 dudes um doesn't sound like Yusuf Nurk is very unlikely to play uh Stotts had said that earlier this week so it's just going to be the 11 healthy guys that's no Zach Collins sounds like no Nazir Little and no Yusuf Nurkic or Rodney Hood Blazers will have uh Kelgen Blevins their two-way guy so You'll get to see everyone else. The you know the the first Derek Jones Jr. sighting, the first Robert Covington sighting, C.J. Ellaby, the return of Ennis Cantor, and some of the old classics. Letter O. C.J. McCollum. But the news on Rodney Hood is I, I think it's important to know because it's just um, it gives you a sense of how hard this injury is to work back from. I think um, sort of the you know, in a lot of ways, sort of just sort of the miracle of modern medicine, the way it's like, oh, the dude tore his ACL, he'll miss a year, and then he'll come back. Oh, Yusuf Nurkic, you know, sustained a really serious leg fracture. Well, you know, 13 months later, he'll be back on the court. I think the way sports medicine works now, we expect guys to recover. And I think it's an important reminder to know that these these are human bodies and they take time, and Rodney Hood's going to need to take his time. I don't think it's something to freak out about, but I think it's like... We'll likely see Rodney Hood Sunday. It's it'll be really nice to see him back on the court. Someone coming back from an injury like that. It's it's even in a in a weird empty arena. It'll be um, it'll be meaningful to see Rodney Hood wear a, a Blazers jersey and play NBA basketball again, even pre even exhibition NBA basketball. But it is today's news is a reminder that this is a process and that he will probably be continuing to work his way back into NBA shape as the season goes on and that the early games in the season, you know, up until the the new year in in 2021 in January that Rodney Hood will probably be somewhat limited and that maybe he could even um there's a chance that there could be some DNPs just just as he gets his way back up there. I don't think we know that yet. Uh we're you know, we're still we're less than two weeks, but we're still 12 days away from the start of the season, 13 days away from the start of the season. So uh, he's got time to get there, but right now he's not ready. And I think that that is the Blazers and Rodney Hood are being responsible. And that's that's the takeaway you should have from it is that it's 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 both player and team treating a very serious injury like it is such. When he's ready, happy to have him out there. It'll be fun to watch Rodney return. What I want to do in the third segment to close out the show is tell you something I'm excited about. The way that we cover this team, the way that reporters cover the NBA nowadays has changed. And it's something in the, the new world has caught my eye, and I'm excited, y'all. That's what I want to close the show, is telling you why I'm excited about this Blazers team, excited about this season. The NBA is back. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still isn't a locked on Blazers. Good news. The NBA season is almost here and locked. The Locked On NBA podcast is going to get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. 
You get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of the Locked On local experts. That's me and then 29 other shows. No other network can really do what Locked On does. And that's why this show's so special. You get views from the local network, talking about the NBA teams from the folks who know it best. Plus, waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, predictions on each division from the folks that are rejecting the screen. So subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. All right, so we talked about Gary Trent Jr.'s extension. He's Gary's going to get paid. Not worried about him. We talked about Rodney Hood. He's not going to play in Friday's game, but he's only going to have 11 available guys. Hood should be ready to go Sunday, and if he's not ready to go Sunday, I'm not worried about him either. The Blazers should be patient with him. When he's ready to be back, be back. The Blazers need Rodney Hood in the spring more than they need him in the winter. But now I want to talk about something that's got me excited. And it has to do with the way this new age of NBA media coverage works. So if you are new to the show or you just don't know who the hell I am or my background, I should say rather, is um, I, I've, I've covered the team for this will be my sixth season, but I was I was a beat writer for the Oregonian for uh, for my first four years in the beat, and that means I was at every practice and road shootarounds and just in the gym with the team. And in those situations, you can kind of see stuff: who's working on what, who's you know who's goofing around, who who are pa- who are pals, who's shooting after the after practice closes, who's who's goofing, all those type of sort of little human interaction things that make covering the team interesting because I can bring that that to you. Um, the sort of not X's and OE, not contract stuff, not, um, not just news, but sort of the human element that makes this team fun, right? But that's not how the world has changed. It's not how it works. It's, it's not how it can work right now. Hopefully we'll get back there, but that's not where we are as a community, as a society right now. So you don't see those things, right? You don't you don't see all the little moments. Instead, I am seeing the curated highlights that the team puts out. That's as much practice as I'm able to see. To be clear, when like if, if you're on the beat, they'd open the doors and practice is done. Um you, you might there's an outside chance during training camp they might open the doors and you'll see you know the last 90 seconds or two minutes of five on five scrimmaging that's always fun but for the most part once the season starts you're just seeing practice over dudes are shooting free throws dudes are getting three pointers up some guys are leaving some guys are going to the weight room um you're it's over like you're seeing the end and you're seeing guys go home or you're seeing the, who stays late but you're not seeing NBA practice by any means. They have they have terminated that prior to opening the door to the media. So the little curated highlights from practice that the team puts out are still more than they would see on a typical day. But now they're all I see, and so they're the sort of the they're the thing that I want. I try to I'm trying to interpret to learn about the team. No, I'm not like getting X's and O's like, okay, well, Harry Giles set a little flare screen there, and I see flattened out a little bit. So maybe they're going to change the angle of the. No, I'm not doing that not doing that. But I am getting excited for the season. I love NBA basketball. I know some of you have uh, criticized me or kind of uh, teased me in the past for not being a passionate Blazers fan. And I'm not that and I'm not going to be that and I'm not going to apologize for not being that. But I am someone who loves the, the loves the NBA and I love basketball. I love it. 
Even if I don't live and die with the team, I still love the sport. It brings me great joy. So, okay, you've sat through five minutes of preamble. Let me tell you what I'm excited about. The thing that's got me all revved up right now is a highlight that the team posted in which Rodney Hood pump fakes, gets two defenders in the air, takes one dribble to get about a step inside the free throw line and throws a lob to Derek Jones Jr. who dunks, who reverse dunks, throws in a reverse dunk for no reason. Now, I'm excited because I love dunks, but I'm also excited because Derek Jones Jr. is the guy that, for me, is the most unknown. Like, I'm not, I think, I think in general, other people are more hyped on Derek Jones Jr. than me. Uh, I, I liked, I was a big fan of that Heat team. Um, and I would watch, they were one of my favorite East Coast League Pass teams last season. So when I would have, um, occasion to flip the TV on at four o'clock, the Heat were, I'd always see if I could check the Heat game. And Derek Jones Jr. played a ton for him, right? He played 25 minutes a night for, um, for a very good, very fun Heat team. But I, I, I never really was enamored with him. But he would have these highlights. And now that, He's going to have the highlights for this team that I'm going to watch play, you know, every minute of the year. I'm excited. The Blazers really haven't had a guy who cuts like him. You know, Mo Harkless was a good cutter, but he wasn't finishing above the rim. Jake Lehman was a was a good cutter, but he was kind of like a straight line uh, lob lob guy. He wasn't like a like a throw it down creative cutter. Um, certainly wasn't just catching one and throwing it a reverse dunk down for no reason. So the thing I'm excited about, the thing that's got me that's got me revved up is that it's going to be different covering the league, covering the team this year. It's going to be different. All video conferences and not 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 just being not seeing the little behind the scenes thing that may, that makes me love reporting on the league, makes me, you know, I I feel like when this podcast has been best is when I've been able to take you, dear listener, into the locker room with me and tell tell you what I see and not tell you like the stuff that's in the box score or even sort of like give you the quotes from the locker room, but the little scenes, the little moments that I see. And I am coming to terms that I am not going to get those moments this year or at least for a good chunk of the year. So I am finding joy in other places and Derek Jones Jr. is the guy that has brought me the most joy when I think about this season. A 23-year-old that can grow into something more, a guy who can get steals and block shots and throw down crazy reverse dunks. Uh, I mentioned in a previous podcast that a bunch of the players have just sort of raved about what a good athlete he is, even compared to other really good athletes. And as I think about this team and as I think about sort of how my role is going to be covering this team this year and bringing you interesting things I had to find a place quite frankly to get excited about and a a a sure why the hell not reverse dunk where the dude's head is at the square of the of the backboard yeah I'm getting excited about that because I love hoops who doesn't love dunks? Who doesn't love just why not highlights? I'm excited about the I'm excited about basketball being back because I love basketball. I love the NBA. And I'm everything has changed so much this year that of course this is going to be different too. But there is something so pure 
about a practice highlight from a guy who is a relative unknown to me, like someone who I don't know personally, doing the thing that he's been rumored to do. Oh yeah, this dude, airplane mode. He throws it down. He's a crazy dunker. The, the, his teammates on, on the Zoom interviews I've been to, raving about what an athlete he is. Terry Stott said, I've been around the NBA for 30 years. I'm not sure I've been around a dude who has bounced like that. Terry Stott's coach, Sean Kemp. And then you see this little, in this two-minute curated video by the team, you see, oh man, that is a wild dunk. I'm excited. When you're listening to this, the Blazers are hours away. Hours, less than 24 hours as I'm recording this right now. They're hours away from playing games. And we're going to see fun stuff we haven't seen. It's been a while since the Blazers have had someone like Derek Jones. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. Because basketball's here. And that means that a for-no-reason reverse dunk alley-oop is coming. Why not catch the lob backwards? Why not dunk it not facing the rim? Why not? I'm excited, y'all. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.